0: Hey everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. It's for the first time since March, a practice report brought to you by Buyers Auto. Uh, Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook, my colleagues at Letterman Row, back with me. Uh, we didn't get to watch practice, and we won't get to watch practice throughout all of training camp. Uh, we didn't get to talk to Ryan Day in person, but we did get to talk to him via Zoom, which is the new way things work around here. Um, but at least we got some information from the second-year head coach of, of the Buckeyes about what transpired this morning. Uh, They got a green light to start one day ahead of time, thanks to the September 3rd scheduled game against Illinois. Uh, And here we go. Uh, Berm, what was the thing that jumped out most about Ryan Day and his 30 minutes talking with us via Zoom?
1: I mean, I think the thing has to be that he said he's still not entirely comfortable with the idea of playing – Uh, football games against other teams and um, Ohio State obviously is ahead of the pack when it comes to league protocols and sort of setting the table for the rest of the league to follow Um, but I I guess the concern at a place like Ohio State is if you travel to Purdue or Illinois which Ohio State has to travel to both uh, even in the best of times those facilities are not up to the standard that a place like Ohio State is And so you have these built-in concerns, I guess, about, hey, what if something isn't being done there the way it's being done here? Uh, And I think that Ryan Day voicing that early on in the call was important because as the the Big Ten's um, demand list came out on Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't know what day it is, um, when that came out, like, it's clear that there's some concern among the players about what happens when they leave the comfy confines of Ohio State.
0: Yeah, we've We've been in in the locker room at Purdue before, and we've watched uh, Ohio State players have to get dressed outside uh, before games at Maryland. Both of those are places that Ohio State would have to play this year. It's sort of, I guess, maybe overlooked in all of this when you're talking about playing other teams in the league. And even when you narrow down the focus from non-conference to just conference games only, not every team is ever going to be at the same level as Ohio State uh, or Michigan or Penn State, you know, you're going to have to make some real uh, progress if you're a place like Purdue or Maryland or, you know, in some respects, Indiana, the smaller schools that just don't have the same um, facilities that Ohio State does. That's really – I think that's – you know, Ryan Day didn't mention them by name, but I think that's a big part of the reason why we're sitting here. We've got a schedule. You know, there was a poll. Everything sort of felt normal. And then you talk to Ryan Day and it's like, well – we don't know if we're going to play games yet, and I think that's a reminder of why.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's super interesting because you heard Justin Fields bring it up, you know, what are other teams doing? You heard uh, a couple of defensive guys ask, what are the other teams doing? Now now Ryan Day's doing it as well. You know, we know, they know what they're doing in their own building. They know exactly how hard they're working to keep the players safe, to keep everything sanitary, to, to make sure the masks are, are doing what they're supposed to do. But when it comes to other schools, you're not there. You have no idea what – what other schools are doing. And so if Ohio State feels comfortable going against themselves, that doesn't mean that they're ready to play a game.
0: (laughs) All right, let's talk about non-COVID-19 related stuff. Uh, Practice started. It was just one. uh, And there's always this caveat in the first week of August, got to take it with a grain of salt. But uh, Ryan Day was asked about the right tackle battle. uh, And he talked about the first thing he mentioned was the physical uh, shape that Nicholas petit Frere showed up in. Uh, I don't think that that's a coincidence. This is the year that he's got to be ready to be the right tackle. Now, he's also talked about Paris Johnson, but there were numerous times when he reflected back on those early enrollees not getting the benefit of March. We've talked about that a number of times. But, uh, you know, from T. Frere, he's been building now for three full years to be uh, the guy who could tap into his potential as a top-rated tackle in that class a couple years ago. I came away just listening to Ryan Day from one day think, they're probably gonna be okay with him out there in that starting role. Well, you have
1: to understand that Paris Johnson uh, is a freshman and losing the spring, makes sure that he still is a freshman as opposed to a guy that's had eight months in the program. And remember that the offensive line is a developmental position. It is very rare to see a player come right in and be a, a starter or a contributor. Nick Petit-Ferris had three years, as you mentioned, to put on weight. It took him a long time to build it, but when we saw them on June 8th when Ohio State checked back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center uh, for the first time since March, Nick looked like an offensive lineman in college football for the first time, and I think it's good to probably reset the expectation of what is reasonable for Paris Johnson this year. He's going to play a lot, but – For Ohio State to be the best offensive line that they've had in Ryan Day's tenure and probably in the last decade, as as Spencer asked him about, uh, they need Nick Petit-Frere to develop into what he was supposed to be so that Paris Johnson can be uh,
0: able to do that
1: without being rushed into that spot.
0: Did you notice, Spencer, what Ryan Day casually slipped into his, his answer to your question?
2: There were a couple things I noticed. Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly what you're referencing. All right, Harry well, Miller?
0: There was not a competition listed at guard. He just said oh, he listed Munford, God. he listed Josh Myers and Wyatt Davis, and he said then you've got Harry Miller and then a competition at right tackle. Not going to be a surprise to any of the three of us or anybody who's watched us talk about the offensive line before, but there are other good guards on this team, and it's I don't think there's any real doubt in his mind about who's going to be the left guard. I, I think you could see this entire offensive line take, like, the captain's role. Because, like,
2: Harry Miller, by all accounts, everybody we've talked to is like, oh, that guy's going to be a captain someday. And have already got two on that offensive line.
1: Harry <laughs> Miller's going to be president someday. He's one of the most interesting kids on the football team. And it's easy to see why he fits in where he does. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just like Harry Miller. Go. No,
2: no, you're fine, Berm, if you want to have a, a – I just think that people need to understand, like, Harry Miller – that path
1: has been carved out for him from the before he arrived on campus. It is a very simple path. You back up as a freshman, you start at guard, you move to center, you become an All-American, you end up being president of the United States. I mean, that's that – that's,
0: that's a simple path to the president. Yes, wow. anyone can do it. Uh-huh, okay.
2: But Harry is an extension of what that, the rest of the interior of that offensive line is. And for Ryan Day, like you said, Austin, to just come out and say – After one fall practice, well, Harry's the guy at guard. Uh, I don't think he meant to tip his hand like that, but uh, we noticed.
0: Yeah, we're going to – we have no choice but to parse everything that uh, Ryan Day says or anything the coaches and players say throughout these Zoom meetings because we're not going to be able uh, to go monitor this in any way uh, during August training camp, which is going to be tough. Obviously, we have a number of people uh, that we'll rely on to get through this, um, but – for this practice report brought to you by Byers Auto, we've got to go based solely on what Ryan Day said. He was asked uh, also a couple of times about a key position that we've talked about since March, which is the running backs. And he had extremely high praise for the way that Master Teague attacked his rehab. I think he stopped a little bit short of saying that uh, he could be a full-go uh, guy starting at tailback by the time September 3rd rolls around. And the secondary part of that, something I've been talking about for quite some time, which is Trey Sermon, I think, is the ideal guy for this Ohio State offense. Uh, Spencer, you said it right on that day that this might be the most impactful transfer in college football. First day you know, for him to go through a full practice, but they've had two months of watching him go through workouts. He's been healthy since late April. Uh, I I believe that this guy is going to be a star, and, and you could kind of hear a little bit of that, or I did, coming out of Ryan Day today.
2: Well, when you look at what Ohio State liked to do at the beginning of games last year, and then you look at the offensive line they have coming back, and then you see what Trey Sermon could do behind a good offensive line in Oklahoma, your eyes need to just light up and imagine what this guy can do in that offense. Power running offense, great offensive line, a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback. It's the dream scenario for Trey Sermon, and I think it's going to produce one of the better seasons we've seen at Ohio State, and that, you know, We've seen a lot of great running backs. I think Trey Sermon, could, his season could be right up there. I don't know if he's as talented as the other running backs because there have just been fantastic backs. But when you get all of those things combined together, Trey Sermon
0: could be really dangerous this year. And, Burton, he also went all the way down through the depth chart. because, And maybe it's just because he probably heard about running back questions dating back to March and, and even before that. But, you know, he talked about Steel Chambers in the offseason he had. He talked about Mayan Williams you know, uh, rolling in in June and the physical shape that he's got himself into. You know, he named everybody on that depth chart to talk about the strength of that tailback position.
1: Well, you have to. I mean, we mentioned it when we did the, the running back positional preview. I mean, you have Trey Sermon, you have Master Teague, you have Marcus Crowley, who are in our minds, the top three guys, but all three of them are coming back of, off of serious injuries. So you better hope, You're sweet. you better bet your sweet biffy that uh, Steel, Steel Chambers and Mayan Williams are going to be counted on, if not throughout the season. They're going to be counted on right now to make sure that they're the other three guys are kind of on a pitch count as they get ready for the season. So, um, you know, we talked to Mayan Williams uh, months ago before he enrolled and, and and the work he put into getting ready. Steel Chambers was a top 100 prospect in the country at two different positions. You know he's an extremely special athlete, but – you know, we weren't sure that he'd get the reps at running back and, and now he's had an opportunity to step up and show that he can contribute there as well. So um, Tony Alford, we've talked about it ad nauseum, has taken a lot of heat for the recruiting woes that don't really exist and um, it's turned out okay. The Buckeyes are, are developing running backs very well and now they have a five-man group that uh, is only going to get better next year. All
0: anyway. right, one day of practice in the books for Ohio State, official training camp practice. Got to start one day early ahead of that uh, opener next month, scheduled for September 3rd at Illinois. First practice report in a long time in the books, brought to you by Buyers Auto. Uh, that's for laden waving yeah. goodbye. I have something I, I, so I want to you know, say. He's no. trying to jump in. I know he is. No, he I, We do a lot of these is, shows. Save it. This is the second. Oh, I'll hold it. Okay, I'll hold it. Mm. Get it out.
1: Let it out. Let it out. We're talking about players that Ryan Day, like, uh, mentioned. And it's the second straight day we've heard somebody mention the name Marcus Williamson. And I think it's important to, to bring him up. He was, remember, in the class of 2017, it was Jeff Okuda and Sean Wade and Kendall Sheffield, uh, Isaiah Pryor, uh, uh, Amir Reap, and Marcus Williamson, who everyone kind of thought was just a throw-in because he's a local kid. And I'm telling you, there's something about Kerry Poem's return that is going to help Marcus Williamson get over the hump and become, and I, I'm going to say this, and it probably could have been a bold prediction on the site on, on Thursday morning, but he might end up being that nickel cornerback ahead of seven banks. Or Cam Brown. I'm telling you, he's going to he's gonna make an impact that people are not expecting And And Sean Wade mentioned him when we talked to the captains earlier this week, and now Ryan Day brought him up individually, and I think it's important. He didn't bring up Tyreek Johnson and other guys that we're still waiting to kind of see if they get over that hump, but it's clear that Marcus Williamson has gotten over that hump.
0: Wow, am I wrong, dude? It, hey, the thing about a bold prediction is that I, you don't know what's going to happen until it actually September third yes. rolls around. Yes. I I obviously you guys all know, and everyone who watches us uh, at Letterman Road on our YouTube channel and at LettermanRoad.com knows that I have a lot of eggs in the Cam Brown basket. So if you want to go. Marcus Williamson, hey, that's more power to you. I'm surprised. I would be surprised by it, but you make a solid case, and that would probably be a whole other show. Uh, Spencer, now you have something to add before we go. No, losing this, control. Is, this is just like a real practice report.
2: Yes. Austin, you, have, you now have Cam Brown. I have put my eggs in the Seven Banks basket, and now Byrne gets Marcus Williamson.
0: Okay, well. Oh, I'm also getting Sean Wade. Just. I think we can all share Sean Wade. Well, I, We're all going to be uh, not even okay. bold. That's just that's just a uh, tepid prediction for the Ohio State secondary. I guess we could have had a whole other show on that, but uh, instead we'll end it right here before Berm gets uh, going on Marcus Williamson again. First practice report, Byers Auto in the books, Ohio State through with practice number one. That's Jeremy Birmingham, Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. Uh, we'll see you next time here at Letterman Row.